Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Now that we can uh, drink in parks, as you had in the news, I think I'm going to start like a park hopping service. <laughs> and just go from park to park to park and sip drinks. Right. It's a good thing. Listen, it's uh, it's amazing that in a country, you know, Canada is very liberal and very open to new ideas. Toronto is a very cosmopolitan city and wants to be on the world stage. But the fact that we still have laws like this, that you can't have a drink in a park since right. so 1945. Well, and there were still councillors who vote, uh, voted to oppose this. Oh, yeah. Right? And 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 it's the the fear that, oh, they can't get wild and out of control. Well, there are still laws against that. Yeah. There, there are still public intoxication laws That's right. to deal with. And you're in so many settings, adults are allowed to be adults. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, you you've you've introduced gaming, and and one of the stories in the news, along with it, is the internet gaming mm-hmm. industry, where you assume that they are adults playing, but you don't really know. No, that's right. At least in a public park, you can see who's committing the offense, and you know, will it, will it provide more work for police to do in a city that's already strapped uh, for uh, police officers with the violence? Perhaps, but bylaw can take care of some of that as well. Yeah, that's and look, you look around the world, certainly throughout European uh, cities, you, you not only can you drink outside, you can walk around neighborhoods and city streets with a beer in your hand. Right. There are some cities in the U.S. that are the same way. <clears throat> I know that uh, in Chicago, I don't know if you're allowed to walk the streets drinking, but certainly outside of restaurants, if you're waiting in line, uh, to get in to get a seat, you can have a a beer out in the street while you're while you're waiting to get in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's good. The, the bigger problem in the parks, of course, uh, here in the city, are the tent cities. Right. You know, this this is the bigger issue that they're dealing with, and maybe there's some concern that the people living in the tents are now going to start pounding the pints. But I don't know how they can afford it if they can't afford rent. Right. Well, and and. I listen, the homeless problem was the number one issue for Olivia Chow when she started her council meeting yesterday. Yeah. And, and, um, asylum seekers being one of them that are, there are those who, um, not choose to be homeless, mm. but uh, certainly make life decisions where, you know, they prioritize certain things over having a home. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of it has to do with mental health. No, but there are sure. others who are coming to this country and, and, uh, seeking asylum here who just can't afford to live in the country once mm-hmm. they get here. And that's a separate issue. When it comes to the alcohol side of things, again, uh, you know, if, if if you're making the choice to have one or two beers uh, or, or a glass of wine in a park at a mm. picnic, that's a, an adult choice to make, and there are adult consequences to your decision. 100%. Uh, and, and just like drinking and driving, you have to know when your limit has been reached, and if you can't understand that, then you'll face a possible penalty for it. So my tour starts at noon today. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll hit dozens of parks and have dozens of sips. Yesterday, uh, Lucky went to the movies. Aha! Uh-huh. How was uh, Mission Impossible? It was. Uh, it's an epic movie on the big screen. Saw yeah. it in IMAX at Landmark and Whitby, and um, and I don't know if I'd been in that IMAX theater before. I, don't think I have no. Um, huge. Yeah. Like uh, really, really big. Have you not been to an IMAX film before? I think so. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I'd been to one at Landmark. Right. I think years ago. Went down to the, the big sphere down mm-hmm. at the uh, X. 
um, and, and watched one there. And, that, and that, I think at the time, that was the only place you could see one. That was it. IMAX started in Toronto. Right. Um, and uh, and it is, it's big. It's loud. The seat's a bit different. They're not the full recliner ones. Right. But they are a, a nice, uh, you know, comfy, uh, it almost like a rocker. Okay. Uh, which, which is pretty cool. And 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 that a movie where you know the big screen, the big effects really do the justice of it. Like it's it's not all out intense action. I think this one uh, for other Mission Impossibles uh, had maybe I don't know if it had more action because this one had some serious scenes in it. But there was a lot of uh, kind of explaining. It went to, into the the root of of AI as the enemy, which uh, I'm not going to spoil things for people, but it was. It, it had a little more explaining to do throughout it, and then big pockets of of action where I think it was about two hours and forty five minutes long, mm. and and they're like, boy, is this thing still going? And they certainly left room for Dead Reckoning Part Two, mm. although it's a, it's a good complete movie. It is so funny. I I never until the last couple of few years, since about I guess when The Irishman came out on Netflix. The complaints of movies being too long. Right. It's so... I, in my whole life, you know, there was long movies. There's always been three- and four-hour movies. <clears throat> They're rare, but they've happened. But I never once heard anybody say, that Godfather, too long. Yeah. Scarface, too long. <laughs> we cannot sit. Right. It's too, well, it's too hard for us to sit through three hours. Sitting through three hours without looking at your phone. Right. You know, and... You know, for me, as we get older, the bathroom break is more the issue than... <laughs> well, how many Cokes and popcorn did you put back? <laughs> the length of time. Uh, so, so yeah, and, and it wasn't it wasn't that it, it felt like it was too long. Mm. It's just, you felt, I felt stretches where, okay, there's no action going on because they're explaining right. a new enemy. And, and, and it was, I don't know if you can take... You know all the just intensity for that long. It was right. it was it was really epic in terms of what they did. Well, that's a lovely afternoon. Did anybody tell you to stop being handsy? Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, it was good. It was, an, it was a matinee afternoon. Yeah, it's nice coming out in the sunshine. Still, yeah, enjoy the evening. It was it was great. It's actually, it's funny with matinees. I was reading something uh, yesterday about how restaurants and theaters. Um, not just movie theaters, but like Broadway shows, this type of thing. Um, uh, and we're seeing it here uh, with uh, with the theater on Young in downtown on Queen, um, Murderous Productions and such, that um, everything seems to be starting earlier. Restaurants are seeing an uptick in people wanting reservations between like 2 and 5 p.m. Used to be a time when... You know, you have a dinner reservation at like 6.30 or 7, and then you go to the theater at 9. Right. Um, their explanation is that uh, younger people are trying to lead healthier lives and less alcohol and getting full night's sleep. Not a bunch of boring ticks. <laughs> you're 22 and you're worried about getting enough sleep and right. not drinking too much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyhow, yeah, so all things uh, seem to be um, slowly... Uh, the early bird special that was seen as the seniors thing seems to be a thing now for many people. The other excuse they have for it is uh, with people working, still some working from home, that now you don't have to race home to get changed to go out. Right. So you, you're right there. And I think in general the hours have changed so much. Mm. In the sense that, you know, it was there, there was the 9 to 5, and so the dinner rush would happen after that. Mm. 
But, you know, yes, of course, the movies on an afternoon matinee are not as busy right. as they would be, you know, for a big ticket movie like this at night, which I, can, I tend to prefer because, you know, you're not waiting in line mm-hmm. anywhere. You're getting your concessions. You're not waiting. There's no waiting to be done. And waiting, of course, is, is the bane for all of us. Mm-hmm. When he came out, like, patios were full. It's perfect. It was, uh, there and, and I think, you know, you you go anywhere, the mall, and grocery stores, you know, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, doesn't matter what time you go, there's always people there yeah. now. Yeah. And I don't know, just, there, I know there's more of us, but there was a time when that was more a ghost town in the middle of the day. Friend of uh, of Maria and I, a, an older gentleman uh, that I've known forever, he introduced us to a, a great little routine. He's a real early bird guy. What we would do is on like a Saturday, we'd meet him at some pub where there'd be some live music. This would be like about three or four in the afternoon. Put back a couple of pints, listen to some music, have a little snack. By about uh, six o'clock or so, go grab some dinner, have some wine. Home by 7.30, in your house pants, chilled out. (laughs) Perfect. Between like 4 and 7 or 4 and 8. Yeah. Great little window. Yeah. You get dinner, you get some drinks, you're not dealing with everybody else. Right. You're home and watching TV and scratching your bits. Brilliant. Yeah. It's the way to go. No, I, I uh, I don't look at things happening. Matinees are great. Having dinner early is great. Mm-hmm. Being home early is excellent. Boy, I I feel bad for the plumbing system in the GTA yesterday morning. <laughs> Did you hear about what went down Tuesday night at the Jays game against the Padres? No. It was a dollar hot dog oh, night. Oh, that's right, they yeah. They set a brand new record. They sold by the end uh, when the, the Jays had lost and maybe people were eating their sadness. Right. They lost 9-1, right? They, they consumed 40-something thousand fans uh, at the game, consumed 75,173 $1 hot dogs right yeah i would have i would have taken two or three down oh yeah for sure and a buck a pop you know but then i guess people were trying to get into the game because this dollar hot dog thing has become such the rage that the uh the game was sold out and even like into the first inning people on StubHub were still looking for a hundred bucks for a ticket <laughs> they spent a hundred bucks for a one dollar hot dog <laughs> they go go to the grocery store and watch the game at home probably better off yeah yeah, 75,000 hot dogs. Yeah, that's why uh, we pay so much in sewage. <laughs> People are pooping so much. Um, AI bartenders might be uh, part of the future of hospitality. And it is believed AI bartenders will be able to recognize regulars and ask them things like if they'd like their usual or their favorite table. We're getting spooky now. Or you uh, show up with your wife and it asks you, oh, where's your girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Is this a new girlfriend? (laughs) There's a glitch. There must be a glitch. (laughs) Obviously, I look like... Control, alt, delete. Very common face. So you won't need like the likes of Sam Malone and Cheers and everybody yelling, Norm, the AI can do it. Wow. Yeah, now you have to tip. Do you tip? I don't know. You went to the uh, the sushi restaurant with the AI uh, service. Did you right? Tip the... Yeah. Well, it's not only AI service. Uh, they still have you know, genuine people cleaning right. up after you and stuff. Yeah. I, I, well, but I mean, if you go and you're just having drinks mm. and it's an AI bartender, I'm not tipping. Oh no! If he's actually pouring the pint and bringing you the drink, right. no, he's not getting a tip. Of course not. Um. 
But uh, the restaurant business, the hospitality industry says uh, most customers want restaurants and bars to somehow personalize their experience. And AI's ability to recognize you could help actual workers suggest products and services based on your past preferences. So an AI sees you come in and and it's a little AI brain. It goes, lucky poutine. Loves poutine. Now the waiter comes over and acts like, hey, I know you. You love poutine. And now this is a personal experience. You feel like, hey, this guy's engaged here. I don't like that. You don't like that? I don't like that at all. I'd, I'd rather they offer me the salad. <laughs> right, they're just pushing their drugs. I on have you. a problem when I go to the drive-through because I don't go to the drive-through that often anymore. I've, right. I've, I've done very well with the fast. Food. Good for you. But uh, you know, even if they're like, "Hey, we'll see you soon," I'm like, "Well, don't assume." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or you got me once. That's right. Well, a little down today. Uh, I was like, "See you again, fat boy." Yeah, you'll be back. <laughs> Well, I guess it's kind of like what Netflix has done, right? They all oh, got us hooked. Man, like a crack dealer, Netflix yeah. is. They got you hooked, and then they told you, well, you only you, your friends can't be here, right, too. Right, right. Uh, and so they made you all get singular accounts. And now they're taking away the option. They're not adding any more uh, customers at the lowest level right. without commercials. So you're either going to have to watch the commercials for the cheapest one or get into the premium level. And remember, everybody thought when this was all going down that you couldn't share. Oh, Netflix is going to get hurt. Netflix, this is going to really sting Netflix. And I think they went in very gingerly because they were probably very worried that people would say, oh, screw you, we don't need you. There's all sorts of other uh, subscription channels. Well, not so much. We're hooked on it like crack because in the last quarter, they took in 6 million new subscribers. Well, but for the most part, it didn't affect the average customer. Right. Right. It was because it didn't screw them. It screwed their friends. Right. <laughs> or the people who were stealing right. it off right. of them. But then your friends obviously loved it, so went right. and signed up, finally so they're paying for it. Like crack, they got to go get it themselves now <laughs> and pay more for it. Yeah. Yeah. Did what you... I don't like is just the fact of how much it's gone up. And, and yes, they are providing you know, a lot more stuff, but I'm not watching that many more shows. And, you know, I think when we initially signed up, it was, what, like 12 bucks for the premium? Mm-hmm. And now it's 21 or 22 Well, it is interesting, too, that other uh, streaming, like Paramount Plus or Stacked or any of these uh, these uh, services, they're still like 9 10 bucks. I think Stacked is 12 Right. Whereas I don't even know what I'm paying for my Netflix. It's probably close to like 18 or yeah. something, right? And, I mean, there's a wide variety, maybe not the depth of stuff that Netflix has. But there is a pretty wide variety of stuff on those other. Goes to show though. At at one point, we were getting five bucks to death, Mm -hmm. right? What's an extra five bucks? Mm -hmm. Fine, add it. That's already gone up to ten to fifteen bucks to death. Mm -hmm. Where it's all right. Well, I guess it's going up ten, fifteen bucks. We're just gonna have to eat it. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. They totally with television. It's the worst because they know that you see something. Like I I noticed, there's this new Woody uh, Harrelson movie. Uh, that's now streaming. He's a basketball coach. Oh, or champions! Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks pretty good. It looks funny. But what they do is they catch you because you you see it on your window on Prime and you go, oh, I could watch this on whatever, and I get it free for a month. So right. I'll get to watch it for free, knowing full well you'll forget yeah. to unsubscribe that oh, yeah. channel, and they'll hose you for about four months. Yeah, they rely on it. Yeah, no, they got us just like the hot dogs on Dollar <laughs> Day at the Blue Jays game. They got us hooked. I thought this was interesting. Uh, someone asked, in professional sports, is it more admirable 
for an athlete to retire at the top of their game or build a long and storied career until they're just no longer competitive. And, you know, I think that in sports it's often romanticized that athletes should go out on top rather than sticking around and kind of you see them fade and never able to live up to their to their glory. I guess Tom Brady being the most recent example of that, certainly as the years have gone by and Tiger Woods and his struggles to uh, get back to the top of the game. Right. It's, uh, I sometimes, I think I'm on the camp of go out on top. Um, yes. You said romanticize, and I think that's really the key to it. Because the people romanticizing about it are not the players. Mm-hmm. It's the fans. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I, I'm a, he's a hero of mine. I want to see him go out on top. Well, guess what? He's still making a boatload of money right. <laughs> to right. play the game that he loves playing, and if he still loves playing it, then fine. I, I find it so amazing, especially in the hockey circles, because, of course, I'm closer to it, that you know the fans will argue and and complain, and they will... Uh, deride guys who mm-hmm. are, are are pylons in this league who could outplay them with eyes closed mm-hmm. uh, out there, and you know who's gonna who's gonna knock a guy for sticking around for five million dollars? Yeah, and look, I, and I think too, it's it's a mind game for a lot of these guys because if you're thirty seven, thirty eight, you know, tipping forty. At, you know, your body probably still feels like you're 25. It, we even think that way, and we're we're nowhere near to the level of performance that these guys are. Right. So you're a 40 year old hockey player, but you you probably still think I got years ahead of me because you can still run and jump and do all these things, and you on the ice you're still fast. Right. But when you're playing against a 23 year old stud, even though you're still pretty good. He, it's not that you you faded a little, but he's just showing you up because he's yeah he's so young and fast. Yeah, I uh, I played ultimate frisbee for years uh, into my thirties, mm-hmm. and then it, uh, when I gave it up, it was you were playing against a team of like seventeen and eighteen year old sure. kids, right. and they're running, and and I had to follow this one kid and try to like like shadow him. It was like following a racehorse around. Like, like it was just, it wasn't happening. I know. And there's a, there's times where you can play smarter because you've been around longer. Yeah. Uh, and not have to use as much effort. But at the same time, you know, when you look at at, at these athletes, and I I really see the situation up close now, in that the second you make it there, there's a target on your yep. back. Yeah. Because there's always someone. Younger, stronger, faster. Who's trying to take your spot? There's no, no, you know, as much as you've got a contract, there really are no guarantees that the next one is coming. And so you'll look at, at guys who are in salary arbitration or or holding out for more money. Uh, you know, Nylander is a perfect example in Toronto where people are like, well, why why would you pay him that much? Well, because other people do pay him that much. He's he's worth that much yeah you know is he gonna take a discount to stay would well would you <laughs> in your line of work if someone else you know in the same business was offering you a boatload more money to take it would you not take it in the end you have to understand that it's while it's romantic to us as a hockey fan or a sports fan it's a business uh, to to these guys, mm-hmm. you know, someone texted in. You know, I hope you're talking about LeBron James in this because he's a great example of one where there's many people saying he's sticking around way too long. Mm. 
But he's still near the upper echelon of the game. And in his mind, I mean, why would you? You you look at the money he's making. uh, There's thoughts that there's an opportunity perhaps to even play with his son in the NBA at some point, which would be pretty crazy to deal with. Uh, and, And with Tiger Woods, it's not just what you make there. The endorsement opportunities that come along with it too are are, are in the in the billions. You you look at, uh, at Michael Jordan. Yeah, why, why would you go try uh, baseball? Why would you come back and play for the Wizards at any point? Like why why would you do that? Well, one, these are uber competitive people mm-hmm. who are in that industry, and two, people are paying them boatloads of money to do it. Yeah, it's interesting with LeBron and his son and the possibility of them playing together. The one thing that I do admire about sports, and as you know. I'm not a big fan at all. But the one thing I do love about it is in a world of fake news and BS this and BS that and left and right, it's the one true, real, honest thing. You either win or you lose. There's no denying a loss, uh, and, well, unless you're Trump in a presidency. Um, <laughs> but that, that's, that's not sport. Although politics, it seems like sport these right. days. Um and so the, the whole Nepo thing, which is a big thing in Hollywood, right? Tom Hanks, Colin Hanks comes along, and Tom Hanks gets upset, as many actors are now getting upset when their kids get into the business, because they go, look, it's a family business. I was an actor. He, if you owned a laundry mat, your son might follow you in the laundry business. Right. But in sports, you can't. LeBron James' kid is going to have to be good enough to be there. He won't get a position on a team just because he's LeBron's kid. Right. You know, well, that's the one thing I still appreciate about sports. Now, honestly, okay, he's 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 going to be good enough to make the NBA, but it doesn't mean doesn't mean Wayne Gretzky's son played hockey just no. because he was Wayne Gretzky's son, right? You know, Charlie Woods will probably be a, a good golfer, a great golfer, maybe down the road. There are exceptions, yeah, but for the most part, you know, just because. The dad's great in a sport doesn't mean the son or yeah. daughter will Well, be. there's m- many examples of, of hockey kids who, uh, while while they excel, they're very good mm. early because they have a lot of money backing them sure. and, and training facilities yeah. and, and help, right? Like it, it helps. You know, Wendell Clark's son, Cody, you know, great player, mm. right? Not going to crack the NHL level likely, but, you know, in junior was phenomenal. Well, he also had you know Gary Roberts training him to sure. shade and to work out and all the uh, all of the buddies angle that that helped out there and, and that can to really help in those senses uh, to get you to a certain point. But you are still born with those skills or not? Yes. Just because yeah, you can have all the the help in the world, but if yeah. you don't have, you know, Max Domi is a great example. That I would understand that he's better than his father ever was, right? right. Uh, so sometimes that's the example. Charlie Woods could become better could, than his father. Could be. You know. Yeah. As long as he doesn't drive <laughs> or get married. <laughs> there was a rumor floating around for some time here at the radio station that a, a certain very well-known name in this city in radio was going to be joining us. And it was all sorts of rumors. Who is it? Who can Right. And Doug Elliott, the boss man, was uh, keeping it pretty close to the chest. And then it was announced at our golf tournament, actually, Rockin' the Ridge. Mm-hmm. Up strolls one Jeff Woods. And he's on the line with us right now. Jeff Woods, host of Classic Rock Sundays, starting this Sunday, 94.9 The Rock. Good morning, Jeff. Fellas, aren't I lucky? I mean, I feel lucky. <laughs> no, I'm lucky. When it comes to this, oh, come on, let's, right. let's establish the boundaries already, Jeff. Let's, We're, let's, you're coming on to The restart. Rock now. 
Aren't I fortunate? <laughs> we are. Uh, we are very fortunate. Now, I got to give a little background here with uh, Jeff. Jeff and I have worked together in the past. He was once my boss, and we were both living in the West End out in uh, Brampton, so we were hanging out at the time. But I had to end yeah. that friendship. And, and, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Jeff knows this, but it got to a point with the lovely Maria. I'd see her staring off into the distance almost daily, and I'd say, what are you thinking about? And she'd say, I wonder what Jeff Woods is doing right. today. And I said, I said, enough of that. I can't have that, because I see how the ladies swoon around Mr. Woods. Really? No. Oh, sure, Jeffy. Come on. Come on now. You've got that uh, persona. Listen, uh, Jeff, let's talk about Classic Rock Sundays. You are coming to the table with not just music, but stories and artists and just a variety of things that are going to really be a, a great soundtrack for, for a person's Sunday afternoon. How kind of you to say. Well, the thing is, I mean, like you two, uh, I think, I mean, I know you well. I mean, I live and dream and, and eat and breathe. I mean, literally dream music. I, I wake up in the middle of the night having just had a... Uh, a dream about hanging out on, on stage with Paul McCartney, which I've never done, by the way, but or or, or hanging out with Bowie or whomever, and 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 that's sort of the, the life I've been given is, is is music, 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 and more music, and uh, and stories about it, and uh, and I'm gonna get up at the crack of noon on Sundays <laughs> <laughs> and share some of it with the listeners of uh, the rock. Yeah. Well, we had a chance recently, and a few years ago, when you stopped by and, and gave us copies of Records and Rockstars, your uh, your book that you wrote, uh, telling some of those stories, too, and interviews that you had done with musicians and, and bands of all likes. And this has really been kind of your niche. Do you remember... When you know you you hit the bug of classic rock, was there a, was there an artist that got you right away, and and that's what nurtured this for you, Jeff? You know, as a kid in Oshawa at the Oshawa Center at Sam the Record Man, which was one of the stores we always went to yeah. every weekend, and then it became almost every day. Um, it was it was all those records that we all got into our collection from. Deep Purple and, uh, and the Beatles and Hendrix and the Stones and Zeppelin and and it goes on and on and on and it goes wide and far and deep and and so the great thing about Sunday is it's kind of like reliving from noon to six it's kind of like reliving going to those record stores and, and and you know buying those records and spinning them endlessly I was turntable radio turntable radio turntable radio as a kid. Mm. Kind of still am, you know. Well, so much so your love of uh, vinyl that at one point in your life you owned your own record store, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. I loved doing that. I, you know, I, I just wanted to try it. I thought businesses aren't easy, and people always say the success rate of small business is really low. And I thought, well, gosh, I mean, if, if we can't sell records as music fans in a store in Toronto, mm. um, and it worked. It was beautiful. I did it for three years. It was it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was one of those things. Well, now I've done it. What's next? Right. I went back to radio. I went back to radio. I was as lucky mentioning our records and rock stars in the book and all the people that you've interviewed. And certainly one of my jealous points is that you had the chance to sit down with uh, my hero and Keith Richards. 
uh, and and I love the photo of you two hanging out together. But um, out of all the artists, and I know you would never badmouth anybody, but was there anybody that you went into the interview thinking, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I'll just do this because the, the label wants me to or whatever. And then you walked away going, holy cow, that guy or that girl was amazing. That's a great question. And, you know, I never walked in feeling that way. I mean, I was a little nervous meeting uh, Michael Stipe of R.E.M. in New York City one day because, like a lot of bands, they didn't interview together. So you got Peter Buck and Mike Mills, the guitarist and the bassist in, in R.E.M., for, for a half an hour, 45 minutes in one room. And then you took a little break, and then you went down the hall to another room, and there's Michael Stipe, the singer from R.E.M., and I, I really liked that band. I always did. And I thought, oh, this might be not easy. But it was easy. So, and, But usually I walked in just real positive and uh, knowledgeable and excited and happy to be in the presence of somebody whose records I bought. And it always went really well. Uh, Jeff Jeff Woods uh, joining us, of course, uh, the uh, the new host of uh, Classic Rock Sundays here on The Rock. Jeff, the word legend uh, gets thrown around a lot, never around us on Rock Mornings. Uh, but it, it has been with you when it comes to, to, to radio and rock radio and the, and the history of it. Were there radio guys that you looked up to and, and, and oh. when you first heard you, you emulated? Yeah, I mean there was there was clearly one, and it was it was a guy named Bob Makowitz, and, and Bob was the rock report host and the music director, and then the program director, who I listened to, uh, you know, in the eighties mostly. On Q1, uh, uh, well, this is Jeff. Thank you so much. Um, Classic Rock Sundays now canceled. <laughs> Continue on. Yeah, that's fine. And, 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 you know, they had their day that station, but right. uh, um, they but still the on the air. Itself, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they survived. Yeah. I'm not sure they survived your departure, nor mine. <laughs> But uh, but Mako was great because it was all about music. I remember he would come in in the afternoon show, and he would be excited, legitimately, sincerely, about a new record. And the day I remember the most was he came in because you got to hear this new record. It's an American artist, and uh, it was a song called "Hard Times in the Land of Plenty," mm -hmm. and it was this artist named Omar Dykes. Omar and the Howlers was the band, and I just I just clung to his words because I knew he meant it. And then I came back at six o'clock to hear uh, the song he was referring to, and then and then I went and bought the record. That's what I love: somebody that you trust that plays you something, and you go buy it, and you become you know a huge fan of this thing because of their sincerity and passion. He uh, a great Maco story that I remember because I had the pleasure of working with him as well. And he uh, the great uh, hunk of burn and love the Elvis. He considered it the greatest. <laughs> Greatest uh, song ever, and then for like an hour on that show, yeah. he just kept playing it back to back. It was in the end, he had artist IDs. Like I remember he had yeah. like Ian, um, what's his name from the Cult. He's like, I want to hear "Hunk of Burning Love." It's the greatest song ever. It was just terrific. Uh, I remember hearing that. I kept tuning back in to see if it was still going. Yeah. Of course it was. It was. He yeah. was. He was the reason I got into radio, and then he ended up hiring me. Mm. And then he ended up quitting because, you know, we had a, 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 a 
and a H for a boss at the time, yeah. which happened. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank the Lord that we've got a good boss at the Rock. Yeah, no, Dougie's a class act. Now, it's, I just want to go back to the Michael Stipe thing, too, because I'll share a, a little Craigie story, because it's how I even still have a gig in this business, I do not know. Uh, I was doing an overnight show, and I had read this article about Michael Stipe where he was asked about his influences, and he... Somebody said R.E.M. reminded this interviewer, R.E.M. reminded them of somewhat of a Beach Boys sound. And, yeah. and, and then Michael Stipe supposedly made the comment of, I don't really know about the Beach Boys. I don't know much about them. And I just thought, what a ridiculous <laughs> comment. First of all, even if you're in the shoe business, you've heard of uh, the Beach Boys. And, of course, me being the moron that I am, I go on and on about what a stupid comment. But I kept calling him Michael Stripe. <laughs> and then a listener calls me and says, you're an affront. <laughs> you have no right to talk about a guy and you don't even know how to say his name. So this was one of my great moments in this business. And that's why you're going to be talking about the artists and not me on Classic Rock Sundays. Indeed, I will. I love your stories. Um, I, I want you to tell the story again, if you haven't lately. Mm. I'm going to hold you to it about when you were coaching your son's baseball team and how that went. We just actually <laughs> talked about it last week. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a classic. It's my favorite story. <laughs> it's not a manager's outfit. It's a husky seven-year-old. <laughs> I tell that story to my friends who don't even know you. <laughs> All right, now, Jeff, Outside of uh, Classic Rock Sunday, starting this Sunday on the Rock at noon, you've also got records and rock stars. And I understand we, we don't have a timeline here, but it, there's a pretty good rumor going around the building that uh, that's also going to be a part of the Rock. Well, I figure I'm going to be there anyway. Why don't I bring my little show? It's in its eighth season, and I think people are really going to dig it. It's like the old show I did for that other defunct station. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. That people really tell me, that fathers and sons and mothers and daughters tell me they kind of grew up on. Nice. Um, it had the word legends in it too. But I morphed that same show, uh, but new episodes, uh, just stories behind the music, uh, interviews with bands, tons of music. And it's not just 60s and 70s and 80s. You, it's about, a, it's a theme, right? So if the theme dictates that a song that came out six weeks ago makes sense, it'll be in there too. It's records and rock stars, an hour a week, usually on the weekend, time to be determined on the rock. And then I tell, you know, 60, 70 second stories that, that go throughout the day um, whenever the boss decides they sound good. So, yeah, I'm That's awesome, Jeff. We look forward to it. Of course, look forward to this Sunday at noon, the debut of Classic Rock Sundays with Jeff Woods. And, and for a guy um, who's been so famously known across the GTA, it's, it's so great having you back on the air and with us. And since you're an Oshawa boy, uh, it makes so much more sense, too. In so many ways, it's welcome home, Jeff. Thank you. And to all my old pals from McLaughlin and O'Neill and, of course, uh, the Oshawa Jail. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> or maybe not. I'm excited. I've got my alarm set for 11.55 Sunday morning. I'll be on at noon with any luck. Beautiful. Jeff, this is such a pleasure and such a treat. And also, just a little side note, not only the world of music, but Jeff has a podcast called Blue Hotel. Oh. Turn down the lights, <laughs> sip a little wine, and listen to, listen to this with your partner. There's guaranteed lovemaking within 15 minutes. <laughs> it's uh, quite something, really, isn't it? Adults only. Yeah, it's perfect. Mm -hmm.
It's Bojo Podcast. Yeah. You guys, I love you guys. You're a good man, Jeffrey. We love you, and we'll listen and be tuned in. It'll be our soundtrack for every Sunday moving forward. 94.9 The Rock and Classic Rock Sundays with Jeff Woods. Thank you, sir, for doing this, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.